Welcome to the Haringey Education Partnership Brief. It's Monday, the 4th of July. I'm Luke. Today is my colleague Maya's birthday, and all of us here at HEP are wishing her a happy birthday. It also seemed fitting to let her take a break from the podcast. So on this 4th of July, I will be independently bringing you up to date with what's happening in education. Here's what you need to know this week. A government attendance advisor has urged the Department for Education to fund dozens more attendance hubs. Rob Tarn, the chief executive of Northern Education Trust, launched the Attendance Hub pilot program in May and now wants it expanded nationwide. The Trust received 250 requests to join, but it has capped numbers at 58, with Tarn hoping that the DFE and other schools would launch their own attendance partnerships. The hubs included attendance dashboards, vulnerable student registers, discussions at every leadership meeting, attendance hero certificates, and daily staff visits to some homes. The DFE has launched a review into how multi-academy trusts will be held to account. The review is set to look at both the standards trusts are held to and the thresholds at which the government uses its powers to intervene in cases of underperformance. It will also examine how the government allocates schools to existing trusts and supports the creation of new mats as part of the aim for all schools to be incorporated into trusts by 2030. Young people in schools finally have their voices heard when it comes to Ofsted. A group of sixth formers in East London have been inspecting the inspectors and coming up with an alternative inspection regime that they say would better hold schools to account and improve young people's well-being. One of the student researchers, Joel Neelam Cavill, said, The narrative about mental health is too often about social media and not enough about the impact of league tables and Ofsted, which forces young people to fit into very narrow definitions of success. This week's Deep Dive The Power of Music to Change Lives, a National Plan for Music Education. On the 25th of June, the government published the National Plan for Music Education, or NPME, which is an update to the first NPME released in 2011. The government's vision is to enable all children and young people to learn to sing, play an instrument, and create music together, and have the opportunity to progress their musical interests and talents, including professionally. HEP is going to review the plan's main points for you, and also delve into some of the feedback on the plan from relevant organizations. In order to accomplish its goals, the plan outlines six main points for schools. First, music should be represented in every school's leadership structure, with a music lead or head of department. Second, every school should have a music development plan, showcasing its curricular and co-curricular offers. Third, A music progression fund aimed at supporting disadvantaged pupils will be piloted and delivered through schools and music hubs. Fourth, all music hubs will partner with lead schools that have high-quality music provision to work with the music hub to deliver musical CPD and support for schools. Fifth, national music hub centers will be established for inclusion, CPD, music technology, and pathways to industry. 
Finally, the plan states that all music hubs should develop and publish an inclusion strategy and have an inclusion lead by 2024. These steps come in conjunction with 25 million pounds in funding for musical instruments and music hubs, which is meant to allow schools to purchase 200,000 instruments. Music hubs themselves will continue to receive 79 million pounds a year until 2025. Education Secretary Nadim Zahawi said, These opportunities will give thousands more pupils access to an ambitious, enriching curriculum that not only supports them academically, but also supports their physical and mental well-being. The funding for instruments and music hubs comes in a time of need, as TES reports that more than a third of teachers say their Year 9 pupils do not get regular music lessons. According to a survey by TeacherTap, Two in five primary teachers say pupils lack access to free instrument lessons, with music classes increasingly being taught by non-specialists. These numbers show the challenge faced by schools and the government in implementing the new plan for music. CEO of Arts Council England, Dr. Darren Henley, CBE, welcomed the national plan, but acknowledged that we still have a long way to go to ensure every young person can realize their music potential. He particularly stressed the importance of the focus on equality and inclusion in the plan, which will help those with SEND or those in alternative provision access music during their schooling. He also called the DFE's investment in music hubs a welcome boost. Music education hubs, by the way, are groups of organizations such as schools and academy trusts, local authorities, music and wider arts education organizations, community or youth organizations, and more, working in partnership to deliver high-quality music provision for all children and young people. Criticism of the plan includes its late announcement, as well as the fact that funding remains flat despite near-double-digit inflation. Next week, HEP plans to interview Haringey Music Partnership's Head of Service, Daniel Early, about the plan and its effects on the ground. So stay tuned for a longer-form HEP Talks interview. This week at HEP. Today is HEP's Middle Leader Conference, a day of curriculum, teaching, and ethical leadership with John Thompson and Johnny Utterly. It runs from 9.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Also this week, we have two days of safeguarding with Anne-Marie Christian. The first session for those new to DSL starts today at 1 p.m. And tomorrow, the session continues from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. as a DSL refresher. On the 7th of July, we have Planning for Primary Science Sequences and Delivery with Brenda Hales. This session will kick off at 4 p.m. Also on the 7th is a HEP Big Idea Talk. At 4 p.m., Valerie Hannon will speak about schools fit for the future. What are schools around the world doing to ensure the learning experiences they offer will enable young people to cope with and shape the future? All sessions are available to book on the HEP Booking Hub. This week, we've been watching Pride in London. The Pride in London Parade was held on Saturday, the 2nd of July. This year was a significant year for the Pride movement and the LGBT plus community as we commemorate 50 years since the first Pride took place in the United Kingdom. 
The campaign for 2022 commemorated the past 50 years of Pride's evolution as a movement. The parade began at Hyde Park Corner at noon and finished at Whitehall Palace, with over 600 LGBT community groups marching. This week, we've been reading LGBTQ Inequalities in Adolescent Wellbeing on Policy at Manchester Blogs. In this blog, Professor Neil Humphrey, academic lead for Be Well, reflects on a recent analysis of well-being inequalities for young people across Greater Manchester, focusing in particular on disparities experienced by LGBT plus young people and considers how they should be addressed. This week, we've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Radicalization on NPR's Life Kit. It's a horror to think your kid could be a victim in a violent act of racism, sexism, or other radicalization. It's a whole different kind of fear to think they could be the perpetrator of that act. This podcast from LifeKid attempts to explain how to read the signs of radicalization and how to talk to kids about what they're reading. And that's it for our Monday, the 4th of July, HEP Brief. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, share on social media, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Last Friday was our HEP Head Teachers Conference in Cambridge, so we'd also like to take a moment to thank all the head teachers who came out and attended. This brief has been written and produced by Luke Kemper. Music by Shane Ivers. We'll see you next week.